Welcome to CCC Talks, empowering IT and business professionals in their digital transformation journey. Find all the latest tips, tricks, and strategies at our blog and resource center at cloudcredential.org. And now our host, CCC Managing Director, Mark O'Loughlin. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of CCC Talks with Mark O'Loughlin and the Cloud Credential Council. Now, today we are joined by Arnold von Riedschulten, who is Head of Information Technology Operations at Siva Bank AG and former VP IT Service Management and Digital Workplace at Emirates. Now, you're also, this is very interesting, uh, founder and co-owner of Trick Tribe, which has been described as the world's largest marketplace of magic. So something for listeners to look at later on. I, uh, you know, I found that very interesting. But anyway, Arnold, thank you for joining us on CCC Talks today. But to get started, tell us a little bit about what you do. Well, thanks for inviting me, Mark. Uh, pleasure to be on the, on the broadcast. So uh, yeah, at the moment, to be honest, uh, I'm, I'm as we recorded, I'm still in between jobs. I um, I thought that the future in aviation post COVID was going to be a bit grim, and yeah. I thought you know I, I I need to reorient myself and I had a long list of other things I wanted to do, like starting Trick Tribe. Uh, yeah. I've been writing a book. Uh, I always wanted to write a book, and a lot of other things uh, that were on my to-do list, and that got into in between me and the work that I was doing. So I thought yes. I'm going to take a break. I moved from Dubai to Spain, and uh, so I went through most of the things on my list, and then Siba uh, Bank came on my way, and I think this Siba uh, is a, a drive, a lot, uh, it's a dream coming true for me. Yeah. It's um, it's a startup. Uh, it's a uh, two-year-old bank. Uh, in Zouk, Zouk in uh, Switzerland, it's what we call the Crypto Valley, yes, and it's a yes. fully licensed bank, and it's all based on cryptocurrencies. Yeah, so so that's exactly what I was looking for when I said I'm going to stop in aviation. I need to, and it's funny. I, I recently did a post on it. You know, I I formulated for myself what do I want, and to be honest, if you're going to read my book, um, it's going to be published in in a month or so. I write in the book that the guy, it's half autobiographic, is um, is looking for a job. Yes. And he is discussing with a friend the type of job he's looking for. He said, I would love to work in a startup. I would love to work in um, in, uh, in FinTech. And he then finds a job, not in FinTech. And the company he works for, works for block, with blockchain. Yes. And yes. so, you know, it's very amazing that, you know, how... Um, how you can drive and shape your own future by by giving it the right thoughts, because that's exactly what I'm going to do now. I'm going to yes. work for a startup, you know, fully based on blockchain, yes. um, and it's a small organization, and that was exactly what I was looking for. That's fantastic. It's, as I said, it's, it's great to take the time out to do all those things and then to get back in. Um, we'll probably look at a bit of blockchain and some of the crypto a little bit later on. It's a fascinating area, I think, and it's it's massive growth industry, especially for A, banks and fintech, but also any other organization that can find a use for blockchain and that kind of stuff. Um, we're drawn to you to get you onto the podcast um, to talk, you know, initially on the topic of organizational design in this time of digital transformation. I believe you've covered some of this in your previous work and what you talk about. Um, tell us a little bit about that from your experience, your organizational design and this world of digital transformation that everybody seems to find themselves in today. 
yeah, you know, if you're not into the party, you're probably missing something. Um, <laughs> it, all, it, 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 it probably depends a little bit on, on what your current mode of operations, what your current organizational design is, because, you yeah. know, but it, traditionally IT organizations were very much organized in silos. Yeah, you yes. know, there was a software engineering division, there was an infrastructure division, there was an architecture team. Um, uh, typically, there was, you know, a pyramid type of hierarchical designs with middle managers in there and managers. And, yeah. you know, so if you're embarking on a, on a digital transformation, and that, that in itself was already a big word, but if you are embarking on that road, then you think you can do that with all the same, you know, um, the same institutes in place, you know, yes. the, same, the same of software engineering team, the same infrastructure team, and yeah. there is going to be work for all these, I don't know, depending on the size of your organization, tens or hundreds of middle managers. I think you find yourself going to be, you find yourself in a lot of trouble uh, moving ahead with your digital transformation. Yeah, so you really need to be aware that, you know, um, you know, like they often say in Holland, you're not, I'm not sure if you have the same expression in English, England, but you're not baking any omelets without breaking eggs. Yeah, you know, so you need you need uh, yeah. to break the organization yes. yeah, in order to cook your omelet here. You, so you really need to charge, you know, change the seats around the table um, yeah. and make sure that it doesn't mean that everyone needs to get fired. It just yes. needs to make sure that, you know, some of your uh, middle managers that maybe had a bit more of a um, had a suitable personality can become scrum masters, can become agile coaches, etc. And and that that transformation, and that really is transformation. Yeah, it, it, that yes. is, it starts by giving everyone a new purpose in the organization. Yes. And once yes. you've done that, yeah, you will see that the rest of it will flow. And that, really, that to me is phase one of the organization is reshaping that organization because if you do that only at the end, you feel you're, you'll find that your implementation gets severely delayed because yeah. everyone has an opinion and everyone everyone wants to hang on to the past. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, so it, it, yeah. that to me is, is absolutely important. But it really, the extent of the transformation depends on how your current setup is. Uh, so there's not a single answer probably, but yeah, you will need to move to an organization that is flatter. You need to do move to an organization that is uh, more holistic uh, with more end-to-end -end ownership. And ideally, I'm a strong believer that you need to move to an organization that is based and structured around value streams in an organization. Organization, yeah. So whether that is if you're a bank, it's mortgage. If you're in in insurance, it could be you know. Strangely enough, I was talking to an insurance company. They had a team that was dealing with death. Yeah. So the death is a value stream because that's. It, it's a main yeah. revenue stream for an insurance company. So you have people working in death the whole day. Yeah, you know, yeah. but you know, if that if you're in an airline, it it can be check-in. And so this, you know, so you really need to have that clearly set up. And once you I'm think if you start to change the organization in that model, then the rest will flow. Yeah. Yeah. And really yeah. make sure you do that first because if it's if it's only an afterthought and you do it at the end. I think yeah. you'll find your, your implementation is going to become horrendously difficult. It can be very hard. And it's interesting because you mentioned there, so I asked about organizational design and digital transformation. And what you focused on there, I think quite rightly, is the people change and the structure within the organization. It's not a conversation about technology. 
technology enables us to do the things we want to do, but it's, that's not what digital transformation, I think, really is. It, it does have a part to play, but I think the key thing is that people are key to that. As you said, we have a lot of people in your organization. They probably don't fit digital transformation today, but that doesn't mean they can't fit. There's retraining, re-engineering, there's rethinking, there's repurposing, um, because they'll have a lot of built-in knowledge about the organization and the people and the culture actually how to get things done. I think that's that that can be lost in digital transformation when they look at a cohort of people and say, we no longer need this this cohort of people because we're doing something different. But can they lose a lot of knowledge by that, by not you know, retraining, reskilling people? Is, is that a missed opportunity for some organizations? Well, clearly you need new skills. Yeah, and, and the best thing is you're not the only organization that needs these skills. You're <laughs> yeah, all fishing in the same. You're all fishing in the same pool. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, uh, so if you think you can get, you know, you can survive and get by by terminating all of your project managers and you know hiring all new agile coaches and scrum masters, etc., uh, get rid of all your system engineer and hire site reliability engineers and and DevOps engineers, it's going to be a a very costly exercise. Uh, and certainly it's not going to move you any faster. Yeah, so yes. I think you'll, you'll get a lot of merit out of the organization if this is indeed, you know, the, the word says it already, it's transformation, yeah? It's <laughs> yeah. not elimination yeah. and, and, and re-implementation, yeah? So yeah. the transformation, you know, chapter also applies to the people part, yeah? People will yes. have to change, yeah? Yes. People will, their roles will change, their knowledge will have to change, their their day-to-day job will change, yeah. But that yeah. doesn't mean that the individuals will have to change, yeah. You know, so I think as long as people understand that is the whole merit of a transformation, um, and then yeah, there is a consultancy period to to gone through uh, to understand who fits into what shoe yeah. the best, yeah? and yeah. and what kind of skills you know are required for what type of role. But if you did that well. And you give them the right level of support. I'm pretty sure you're gonna do this in a um, in a more sustainable manner. Yes. Yeah. Because you, as a result, you get a lot of loyalty from your staff. Yes. Then if course. you suddenly get rid of all your system engineers, say, I certainly now need DevOps. And mind you, everyone who today has a DevOps engineer title on LinkedIn, probably a year ago, two years ago, was a system engineer. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so. So you know. <laughs> So you're, you're you're chasing you're chasing a holy grail if you're trying to yeah. find all of these things on the street. So yeah, you will have to. It's going to be hard. Yeah. Yeah. Digital transformation is not simple. It is, but it's it's about communication. It's about being honest and open, and it's about support, giving the right level of support to people. But be persistent on on the end goal of what you want to do and how you're going to do it. I'd love to talk yes. to you yeah. about that later as well. I think that's great. Um, I love what you just said there. Digital transformation. It's not elimination. It's transformation. I, I, I just love that that phrase there that, that, that you said. I think it's very important for people to, uh, to focus on. Change is hard. You know, it's hard for people to change, but I think we've got to all realize we are in change. And then those that realize that and are supported to change, as you said, will have that better experience and your organization will be better for it. There will be people that don't want to change, and it's a case of see see what happens. Now, is one of the biggest challenges in digital today, though, um, is it a lack of understanding of what digital transformation actually means in a in in context? 
like I always say, if you put 10 people in a room and ask them what digital transformation is or cloud or whatever, you'll get back 10 answers. If you put 100 people in the room, you'll get back 100 different answers. Are we struggling with understanding what this actually means in context in a collective within an organization? Yeah, you know, I, I think what you often hear is organizations are purpose driven. Yeah, you know, so it, it all starts by understanding what's the purpose of your organization. Yeah, what are we here for? What do we like to achieve? Yeah, and how can uh, technology achieve and drive that purpose? I think that that is ultimately, and to me, when we talk about digital transformation, it's about, um, you know, how can technology uh, make an organization uh, faster in the go to market model? Yeah. Uh, more efficient, uh, more innovative in his offering, uh, and and offer new type of services that they previously did not have. Yeah, yeah. and of course, yeah, I think it's maybe it's a good thing to do in and in, in first phase as well of an organization to make that well, uh, uh, articulate that well of what are the expectations out of the the, the transformation journey. Um, and yeah, I find the, the word digital transformation a little bit overhyped, to be honest. It's it to me, it's about it's about you know fine tuning. Uh, or now fine tuning is a bit of a you know a misnomer, but it's about adjusting and changing the organization uh, in line with the requirements of the purpose of the organization. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's fair enough. It is about adjusting your organization and use that to the requirements. Sometimes that requirement might be a completely new, different business model. Otherwise, it, it can be something separate, you know, to that. But it is supported by by, by digital. Um, you've talked about this. We, we, we had a look at this and you've talked about, I love the phrase, how IT lost its glamour and how DevOps comes to the rescue. It's a fantastic phrase. Uh, some would agree, some probably would disagree. But the, the, what I wanted to ask you was, how has IT lost its glamour? What, what went wrong to start with? Where, where did IT go wrong? Well, I know, you know, it, it's not all gloom and doom here. You know, it's, it's absolutely not. Yeah, you know, I wrote it, it. There was a LinkedIn article that I wrote around that yes. uh, on that topic. And uh, I pictured uh, Christopher Reeve as Superman. Uh, you know, saving yes. your enterprise from its uh, its uh, its uh, misery. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. I, and to be honest, I I only started to get across uh, DevOps in let me see, well, that must have been 2015, 2016, a bit late maybe, because I mean, you know, it's only in the Middle East it was not as Visible as as in Western Europe and in in, yeah. in Holland, for instance, where a lot of these things had its roots. Um, so at a certain moment, I started to really explore DevOps and what was happening in in, uh, in, in DevOps land. And I, it, to me, it was an eye opener. It really was an eye opener because I because I was you know I was raised in the silo world. Yeah, I was because I was I was Mister Ops. Yeah, you know, I was IT service management. I was IT ops. If you look to all my titles, they are ops. I'm an ops guy. Yeah, and suddenly I I I read that book and I you know, I, my eyes opened and say, gosh, yeah, this is this is probably a way much better um, way of working together than what I've been doing over the last thirty, you know, maybe twenty years, thirty years it was at that yeah. time. Yeah, you know, so and then. I, I started to preach that, yeah, inside inside Emirates at that moment. I said, well, guys, there's a party going on, 
and we're missing out on this party. Yeah, we really need to, <laughs> yes. we need to, you know, we need to explore this because, um, yeah. you know, and I started to really advocate it. And in that context, I wrote that article um, because, you know, what IT, of course, was a, in a lot of organizations, a cost center. IT was sluggish. Yeah. 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 IT took a long time to deliver, yeah, you know, on, on all of the, on, on, on the business requirements. Um, business typically knew better what it wanted, needed than IT himself. Yeah, you know, so, yeah. so, you, so it was, it, IT became an order taker and IT became, you know, a slave to the business. And, yeah. um, and I, I've seen it happening a number of times and absolutely, you know, that is something that DevOps tries to counter, you know, 180 degrees. You know, you suddenly turn, uh, and that's why it's a transformation, you know, you certainly turn the seats around the table. Yes. If you do this yeah. well at the end of this journey, you know, your technology department is a thought leader in the organization. And rather than being a lagger in the in the organization, technology should be the pooler of the organization. Uh, you need to pull the organization and say, hey, this is what we can do with technology. Um, and you know, so and and rather than being an order taker, you should maybe should be a you know solution pusher. Yeah, you know. So I think the the role of IT, if you do that right, um, is 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 completely you know 180 degrees from what it was in in the past. And and so, but it it requires a generation of people to change minds. Yeah. Because you know, you you, you had CIOs that grew up in that old era. You had divisional managers that were very powerful. They had an SVP name with, you know, divisions of a few hundred people with big salary checks, and you know, so so it changing all of that. You know, reading the book is easy, but then preaching it and doing it and making it happen requires a lot of vision. Needs a lot of uh, directions from the top, um, and I had a lot of you know um, input and a lot of um, pleasure. To meet um, quite a number of the ING leadership um, in 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 past years, I got a lot of inspiration from them. And you know, the ING story, of course, has been told numerous times. But um, I think that has been feeding me, and as a result, has been feeding Emirates, uh, where I did lot, you know, brought in a lot of that thinking on what a transformation should look like. So the whole idea of um, engineering craftsmanship, the whole idea of you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Knowledge, you know, the importance of knowledge, etc. So all of these things were were things that I got inspired by talking to um, to um, different people within ING Bank. Yeah, fantastic. That's a great great overview. Um, I always think though that sometimes, so IT, as you said quite rightly, became the order taker and kind of got a bit bureaucratic internally, and it was the business coming with solutions more than IT. And then there was this big change. I think cloud has certainly changed the way the business can go out and just get IT in seconds. You need an ID, password, credit card, and you have a CRM system. You have a sales mm -hmm. system. You have a HR system. I think that changed. But I think the role of IT does need to evolve into that kind of broker-type role where it says to the business, here are the things we can do. Are we in danger with DevOps? So DevOps looked at a particular area to start with. Um, and now it's sometimes it's seen as a cure-all. So DevOps is fantastic for software design, development, product design. But there's a lot more within the IT function than just that. 
you know, there's all the infrastructure, there's all the break fake stuff, there's all the end user supports. Can DevOps cover all of that, or is there now a gap between what you said, traditional operations, DevOps? Is there a gap in the middle that we somehow need to join up? Yeah, well, I think, you know, one of my other LinkedIn articles, I made a comparison about, you know, DevOps, because I think in, in the marriage between Dev and Ops, I think, you know, Dev is still the loudmouth. Yeah, and, you right. know, Ops is still having a minor role to play. And I compared, I don't know if you're as old as me, I compared Dev and Ops to, uh, there was a TV, TV series called Old, All in the Family with Archie yeah. Bunker and Edith. And Archie was the loudmouth. And, you know, so I compared Dev with Archie. And then Ops, Timid Ops was Edith with a tiny voice, etc. But I think to me there is a there is a role for Ops to stand up. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, you, you say it yourself. Yeah, but the moment you, when you started to explain DevOps, you, you, you gave all kinds of examples or reference to development activities. But to me, the biggest gain to be made in the coming years is on the upside. Yeah. Yes. The yes. tooling side, for instance, has matured quite a bit with CI/CD. Uh, the amount of tools that allow you to, to, um, you know, to do your continuous deployment, to do your testing, your security testing, have matured enormously. Yeah. But if you look what's happening on the upside, yeah. So there is little done yet to go to a. I think the whole idea of a no ops um, environment where. Yeah you know is is to me is the holy grail of operations yeah so the the idea that i always say you know all the companies that run it infrastructure you know i would guess 90 percent of what they do is all the same yeah we all run servers you all run the routers you all run networks you all run end users you all run end user devices you know if it's not 95 percent is all the same where it differs is the application layer yeah, you yeah. suddenly run a reservation system on top of it. You run maybe a, a oil exploration system on top of it. That makes it suddenly that IT infrastructure a different uh, use case. But all the issues that happen in, in all of these servers and all of these network layers, they're all the same with everybody. Yeah, They're all repetitive. They're all the same. There are links going down. There is passwords to be reset. There are user IDs to be checked. Locked and unlocked. There are file disk system, systems that go go full. There are um, uh, network links that get oversaturated. There are hardware things that go wrong. It goes. It's everywhere the same. And all of these organizations are manually doing all of these things. Yeah, you know. So, and if you look, if you make the the analogy with the plane, yeah, you know, uh, uh, where the pilot and how things in a plane are automated. If yes. things go wrong. Yeah, there is an autopilot and things are happening. Yeah, and and pilots say, oh, there is bad weather here. I better make sure I do a bit of a diversion. There is not someone that has to look as, oh, we have bad weather coming up. I need to do a diversion. This is yeah. all pre-programmed because all the planes are going to face bad weather and all the planes need to do diversions. So I'm waiting for a vendor that is going to do all of these things and start to, you know, the whole idea of AI ops, I think to me, is at the moment it's still a bit, uh, vi you know, visionary. Yes. I would love to see the idea that ops can become very predictive. The action that ops take become very, you know, prescripted in yeah. in the system. 
And ultimately, you know, ops in itself uh, gets its own place when it comes in terms of automation in sync with the CI CD line. And then if you then have these two autonomous engines, at one yeah. side you have the ops engine and the other side the delivery engine, yeah, then I think you have a very equal world of, of, of two likes. And, uh, and to me, that's the biggest game to be made. Yeah, ops to stand up, grow, and, and automate and, and you know, get predictive and, and get reactive auto in an automatic manner. Yeah, I, th I think that's a very interesting um, view, which I think is, is is very relevant as well. I think the upside has stagnated. Maybe it's not been invested in over the years. Maybe it's been seen as a cost and a way to drive down cost was to, you know, go deep into IT and kind of outsource. I think we're at the stage now where actually ops needs investment because to do DevOps, you need investment. You have to invest in people and bringing in something new. And also, I mean, a question I have for you, can you do DevOps without tools? I would think not because then, then there's an investment there. So that's all investment in automating on, on one side. And on the other side, we continually get pushed to reduce the cost of IT. So I think we've probably bottomed out on the how much cost can we take out of IT anymore. I think we've saturated that across the world. I think we now need to look at our organizations and stakeholders need, how do I invest to put automation into the operations side? Would that, be, would that be a good way to think about it? How do they now invest to automate? Whether we call it AI ops or automation ops or whatever we call it, that we look to automate a lot of that 90% that we can or something. Is that where we are today? No, yeah, that that would be my dream. Yeah, that indeed that that part gets more or less automated, and you know you have the autopilot running, and of course you will always need people. Yeah, the, it's going to be the days going to be still very far away until we have a plane taking off without pilot. Uh, but so there will always be a person, but there won't yes. be an operation center with tens tens of people. You know, keep, I'd rather yeah. have an operation center with a few experts keeping an eye on it. You know, stepping in, fine-tuning things, uh, reacting to advice messages coming out of the expert systems, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, and I think that is the, the I think that is the big wait for it. And I think we're probably five years away from something like that popping up. If you see what some of the vendors are doing, you see that the whole world of application monitoring and infrastructure monitoring, yes. uh, log management start to all you know dive in, you know come together. Um, and I think you know it's a matter of um, of time be before one of these companies will start to figure out how all the rules can be implemented and how that can be done in a very um, yeah. effective manner. And then I still think you can take cost out. I still no, you know, I, I I I'm absolutely convinced you can take cost out. Sure, I think we'll always be pushed on reducing costs. I do think there's an investment required though. To take the next layer of cost out but it gets you more than just cost reduction it gets you the agility and that devops mindset you know um i'm reminded about um as you said the plane analogy actually when the pilots are flying the autopilot generally does be on as well doing a lot of the activities um as well so there's always a level of automation on even when when they're flying the plane which is good to know and it works and when it works it works extremely well can um can you do DevOps in an organization without investing in tools? You mentioned the CI/CD tool sets, all this automation going from dev, test to change, 
uh, code repositories, all of this stuff. Can you do that without, you know, without tool sets, uh, you know, or DevOps heavily dependent on tools because of the automation layer? Yeah, of course, I think you need tools, but I think you should not make the mistake that DevOps is tools. Yeah, because a lot of people just say, you know, I just wrote a tender for DevOps. I heard what someone says that, you know, I wrote a tender for DevOps. We cannot get a new tool set and then we have DevOps. Yeah, so it's not, but yes, you know, you, the, the, you know, the word itself automation says it. You need to automation engines. You need capabilities and intelligence. You need to have yeah. uh, rule-based engines. You need to have yes. uh, orchestration engines. And all of these things need to be there. And so, yes, yeah, if you don't have it, it's going to be a cost. Um, although also on the open source base, you, space, you see more and more areas, open source solutions popping up that are going to be more and more advanced. So... Uh, yeah. But yeah, there is without tool, tools, you're not gonna need it. Uh, you're not you're not gonna get there. Um, but uh, yeah, and and there is there's a wide choice of tools available, and it's not a single yeah. solution for yes. uh, to get it done. So that's fantastic. So without tools, you're not going to get there. But don't just be focused on tools because you're not going to get there either. It's a combination of both. And have a look at the tool sets. There's a huge amount and and, and varied amount of different types of tools. So. We go back to the transformation piece and DevOps being a form of, of transformation. How are the managers and leadership going to drive staff motivation and a culture of change and get people to change? Surely that's difficult. Yeah, well, first of all, I think, you know, there, there is um, uh, a start with a lot of communication. Yeah, you know, what, what, and what I've done a lot is is bringing stories into the organizations a lot of storytelling happening yeah yes. you know so you need to um it always helps if you uh can have success stories by others you know yes. shared inside your organization so if you have the capability there are plenty of organizations out there already that have gone through this yeah so you're not the first one to doing it um yes. so get in touch with some of these organizations and you'll find that this is a very friendly world People are very happy to talk about their own successes. Yeah, you know, so it's not going to take you too much effort to find someone who's going to share inside your organization what they've done it, how they've done it, what worked, what did not work, and what are the successes they're at the moment seeing. Yeah, so that's first of all, because you need to create that common understanding. You know, you as a, an individual leader can can say the story, to, to, you know share a story inside an organization but have someone knowing that doing someone else doing it is 10 times as powerful so that's first thing to do you want to make sure that everyone gets the same picture then you need to make sure that you um you know what i told you in the beginning is that you need to be pretty clear you know who's going to get what role inside an organization yes. yeah but, because if that is not clear you know there is nothing as demotivating as people not knowing what their future role in an organization is yes. and you can you can get away you cannot get away it by saying don't worry about it we'll <laughs> sort it out in the future yeah that is the worst thing yes. to say because you know exactly what's what they're going to do they're going to worry about it yeah you know they are going to worry about the future so early in in the organization you need to make sure that you agree you know this is this is Especially in the management layer, I think that yeah. because if you're a software engineer, 
okay, you may have been a software engineer in department A and tomorrow you may be a software engineer in a in a value stream. That per se does not maybe change your role that much, although yeah. it may require a change of, of technical know-how. Yes. But on the management layer, you need to be absolutely clear, you know, what's going to be the role for everyone. So that's the first. Then the leaders that are there and, you know, the, the one that are really in charge of a um, of um, of a transformation. First of all, I think you need to make sure that you have people al alongside you who've done this before. Uh, it could be either new hires, and yeah. you're in the luxury position that you would hire someone new who's got who's got a very significant um, history in a transformation. That's great. You can use that person. If not, there are I'm sure there are still lots of external consultants that will be happy to help you in your, or, or, you know, in your transformation. But then again, yeah. make sure, you know, don't go overboard with your externals because you can burn a lot of money with that as well. But, yes. you know, but I really want to make sure, you know, you need to make sure that you have people in charge who can talk with conviction, who can talk from experience and also who can, you know, be very decisive. Yeah. And, in you know in leading the, the way because in in a transformation um i think it's very important that um at the top there is a very clear mandate and a very very clear vision of what we're going to do we're going to do yeah, this first then we're going to do that and then we're going to do that yeah we're now in phase a and we phase a we're going to do a b c and d yeah? yeah we may not yet know exactly what we're going to do in phase b you know phase, phase two we know, but but that's what we're going through, and this is what we're aiming for at the end of the row. So I think right. an organization that's going through change needs a lot of guidance and needs to be, um, you know, pretty prescriptive. And, yeah. and I'm a, I'm a strong believer of what they call uh, the Shuhari uh, way of working. Uh, Shuhari, I don't know if you know that Shuhari is the Japanese um, method of transferring knowledge between a master. And a student, like in the karate kit. Yeah? Yes, yes. And and shuhari is is being often used as the best way of driving a digital transformation. Shu stands for you learn the rules, the rules. Ha yeah. stands for you apply the rules, and yeah. ri stands for you break the rules. Yeah. Okay. So you yeah. learn the rules, you apply the rules, and you break the rules. Yeah. And you need to go through all these three phases. Yeah. It, you know, it, imagine it. Think about that you you play the piano, and I ask you now to play the violin. You may be a master in playing the piano, but it doesn't mean that you're certainly a master in playing the violin. Yes. You still need to learn. You need to go to the shoe phase of yes. how do I, play, you know, with my fingers, and you know, I have a, I had a thing like this. I certainly need to hold something like that, you know. So, and especially in an experience organization where people think they know everything, you will see that the shoe face gets ignored. Because if you start to take shortcuts on your shoe face, you'll find that the application of rules is going to be very much depending on the individual. Yes. And if not everyone has gone through what is the meaning of these left fingers on this, you know, on, on my violin, Yes, yes, you know, yes. you, you get different tones. Yeah, so, so, and 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 it may be it's a bit counterintuitive to a DevOps and a transformation because often it's being seen as a bit of free for all and everyone happy cheer hallelujah and we all sing and dance in the corridor, 
but it's it's not you know the shoe phase is very prescriptive but you need to take your organizational through a shoe phase if you do a daily stand-up you do a daily stand-up yeah if you do uh, if you do uh, a demo you do a demo if you you know if we're going to use jira to do track we're going to use jira and this is how we're going to do it and this is how we're going to do that and this is how we, you know this is how we're going to uh, report on our impediments and this is how yeah. it, so all of these things need to be very well prescribed and you know so and and, and i often see that is probably one of the biggest mistakes that it, people are skipping that prescriptive phase and they and certainly then what you see is the organization ends up in numerous workshops it's yeah. really, let's go and whiteboard Oh, and, and you know your consultants love that because you know a whiteboard is another five days they can you know they can write for you and get, you know so your consultant already in his head thinks oh, five times two thousand dollars a day yeah good if, if that's a cheap consultant uh, so but you know don't whiteboard and don't do these 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 because a lot of the things that you need in your transformation are already available safe yes. if you yes. apply safe it is there. Yeah, yes. get a safe expert in and get everyone through a safe, safe, safe. ITIL is there. There is still a role for ITIL. CICD yeah. tools are there, you know. And so don't start to start from scratch. And let's say, how are we going to do things? Or we're going to not do safe the way safe says we do do safe because we are different. No, we're not different. Yeah, you yes, know. Yes, yes. And an airline organization is not going to fly one plane less whether they step away from safe or not. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So, yes. so yes. Uh, you know, so and that's your fastest way to a, a digital transformation. I really encourage you to st stick to a take a method, stick to that method, and make sure you give your organization two to three months of time to get to that shoe phase. And then you will see that once they have the rules, they they can apply the rules, and hopefully, then very soon, yeah. you know, the smarter guys in your organization and girls in your organization will start to bend the rules. Fantastic. I think there's a huge amount of learning in there, Arnold. I, I'm going to have to go back and listen to all that again. Um, one, two, two quick things. You mentioned there uh, towards the end, what you need is you generally have in your organization already. I think we, we forget that. As you said, we have people, we have methods, we have weather title, whatever this is. We just need to adapt what we have. That means a bit of change, not fundamental, but we need to change a bit of mindset, a bit of thinking, a bit of how we do things. But we have most of it internally, not to whiteboard ourselves to death, which I think is, is really good. Uh, how many whiteboard sessions, what are you going to get out of it? Probably not a lot. Again, stop and think, probably go into the room and think, what do we have? What do we need to change? How do we change it? Small incremental changes will make a bigger change overall. And then Shuhari, I think we're going to blog about this a little bit more. I think it's really good. Rules, understand the rules to start with. Rules, definitions, our play, what are we going to do? Apply them absolutely. They're only theoretical until we apply them. I love the last bit, bend or break them a little bit because I think that's really good. And we could probably apply the break bit to the bureaucracy that we've built up in organizations to help move into this more DevOps transformative thing. Because sometimes I think too many organizations are stuck in that bureaucracy. Bureaucracy by definition is not a bad thing if it achieves the result that it wants to do, but it is seen as being very slow now compared to the new ways and new methods. So 
but I certainly like break there as well. So Shuhari is really good mindset for people to think about. And one other thing you mentioned was there are so many organizations that have done DevOps now that are doing it, that have had failures, that have had success. And your quote was just go ask them, go talk to them, go find somebody in that, use a LinkedIn or whatever that is, make a connection and ask a question and you probably get some help. That, that's really good. That's really good. Um, I think looking at, there's a lot of organizations in digital transformation projects. Um, in closing and finishing, will there be three key benefits you'd recommend on top of everything you've just mentioned? Is there anything else that you'd add into the mix? Any other recommendations that you'd give for organizations to think about on their digital transformation, their wider projects? Well, there's maybe one thing I want to highlight, and we didn't discuss that much on it, but to me, it's the importance of knowledge. So another LinkedIn article was had the title, Knowledge is the New Currency in yes. the organization. Tell us, yeah, tell us what me, you mean by that. Yeah, no, to me, you know, first of all, knowledge, a, a technology organization is to me all depending on the quality of the people. Yeah. yeah. The, the higher skilled the people you are, the higher quality of, of technology you will use as an organization. Yeah. Yes. And whether you like it or not, it's not going to be depending on the quality of your project managers. It's not. They're, of course, they're important. Don't let all the project managers naturally come after me and I, you know, should it be? It's not going to be depending on the quality of your service managers. And I'm talking to my own, you know, church here. But you know, it's to me the quality of your engineers, the quality of your software engineers, the quality of your infrastructure engineers, the quality of the people that use your tooling, the quality of the people that you know, your architects, your enterprise architects. These to me need to be. These should be your rock stars in an organization. Uh, to be, and that's often also when it comes to transformation, it's it's changing the way an organization starts to reward these people, because yes. these are to me, you know, and you should as an organization have an aspiration that in each of these domains you have a few people that are absolutely thought leaders. They write books, they get invited into A, a level conventions, etc. You know, they are the people that should be driving the organization, and they drive, they shape the face of your technology organization outside of your company. Yeah, so, and, and so having the right knowledge, and you, that doesn't happen by itself. Yeah. So you need to, you know, I've been starting up at Emirates uh, an IT academy. Yeah, so the IT academy was there to, you know, foster knowledge, to bring yeah. in knowledge to your organization. And knowledge, again, has three layers. It's about knowledge, you know, it's, it's getting knowledge, applying knowledge, and sharing knowledge. Yes. And as long as you can encourage these three things in people, and if you do that well, then it becomes a self-serving loop because then yeah. the people that share knowledge can help the people that need knowledge. Yeah, yes. you know, so you can, um, and if you can uh, drive and encourage that in an organization, I think then, you know, we'll come back on what we started, you know, um, yeah. DevOps, uh, IT can become back the hero inside the organization. And, and it, to me, it becomes a hero if you really can be proud on your technology on the knowledge that you, the, the patents that you have, maybe you made contribution to open source, maybe, you know, some of your people wrote books, uh, you know, so it's, people that speak on, on conventions, etc. that to me, uh, to me, that, that's just, that's really the start of everything. Because once you have these experts in your organization and they get recognized by the rest of your tech team, 
you will see they get continuously consultant and they will lift up the rest of your organization uh, yes. you know so so try to infuse your organization with knowledge and it doesn't happen by over overnight yeah you know it uh, doesn't mean that you need a huge de knowledge department but it can be one or two people that just as a primary task are to have there to manage the knowledge process in your organization because if your knowledge is there ultimately that will drive the, the output and the quality of your technology team yeah, and I think with knowledge, it changes now with all this cloud and digital because we're now connecting into a service that already exists and are managing the cloud by cloud providers a lot of the time. Um, a key component for any organization is how you connect to multiple cloud services and bring it all back internally. And I think that's where one of the, the key areas of knowledge can be gained or lost. That 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 interoperability now that connecting to different clouds is something you should architect with internal people and you should maintain the knowledge internally not outsource that um, but these people are not cheap they can be a bit more expensive and all this so there's that continual thing with trying to drive down cost in IT but having to spend in IT to keep knowledge and keep the right I think it's a, the right people with the right knowledge today as opposed to general view at least and if you can protect the budget to protect that area you probably protect the business a lot more than they think but again it's one of these it's hard to put a, a, a value on knowledge until something goes wrong i think and when the plumbing in a hybrid multi-cloud environment goes wrong that can be very tricky because your cloud providers won't really answer the call they'll go our stuff works so the question comes back internally how does all this work? So I think would that be a key driver uh, in the conversation about knowledge is you've got to protect all the plumbing that connects all this digital services uh, to keep you going. Would that be a fair statement? Yeah, uh, to, to be honest, there is not a huge uh, source of knowledge and that's with your suppliers. Yeah, and, and you don't underestimate how much knowledge you can get from your suppliers. Yeah, you yes. know, so and and tap into that and and you know and and you really make sure you maximize of course there is a you know that there's something they expect out of it in return but you know they you can help them to educate you yeah you know so yeah. you want to get to you know the interconnectivity between you know between clouds i'm pretty sure if you knock on to your your cloud suppliers that they have a few on that and if you do that with two three of them uh before you know you have developed you have you know, you, you've got a pretty good understanding how to do it. Yeah, you yeah. Know, so yeah. there's a lot of free knowledge out there. Um, yeah, it's again tapping on people's shoulder, and all of the knowledge is there. It's just a matter of trying to find it and and make it yours. Fantastic, fantastic. Arnold, we'll leave it there. Listen, we want to thank you for sharing your experiences and wisdom today. There's a huge amount in there for listeners to take away. We're going to go back. We're going to listen through and pull out some of those bite-sized things that you've mentioned there. I think some really good uh, pointers to get people started or to get them refocused on their digital transformation, DevOps, whatever journey of change they're going on at the moment. So in final, um, Arnold von Riesstoten, thank you for joining us today on CCC Talks. Thanks, Mark, for having me and wishing you and your listeners a very nice day. Take care, bye-bye. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining this episode of CCC Talks. We hope you enjoyed this episode and walk away with a ton of actionable insights. If this is your first time joining us, this is us extending a personal invitation to you to join other IT and business professionals 
So please subscribe on iTunes, YouTube, or Google Play. If you are struggling in any capacity in your digital transformation journey, contact us. We'd be more than happy to guide you and find you the right certification courses to help you manage the challenges modern businesses are facing. This was CCC Talks. Until next time.